I have Rihanna dreams because Rihanna taught us something at the Super Bowl that you don't need a sidekick. You don't need to show skin. You can show up pregnant in a onesie and be like so embodied in yourself that your other brands and you built a business and you built marketing around all your other brands that because you showed up, you made money. And I was like, that's goals. Hey everyone, I'm Emily Reagan, and you've discovered Unicorns Unite. This is a podcast for freelancers, service providers, virtual assistants, and curious listeners who would like to experience the freedom and flexibility of working virtually. We're the magic makers, movers and shakers, and the real people doing the work behind the scenes of online businesses. Welcome to Unicorns Unite. Before we jump into the podcast, this episode is sponsored by my brand new $7 offer. It's a comprehensive list of digital marketing tools. Why? So you can look smart, so you can offer the best marketing services, so you can come to the table knowing what the latest and greatest tools are, and you can run your business efficiently. It's going to make you smart, it's going to make you feel confident, and it's all in one place and you can reference it anytime. We have the tools divided by my recommended tech stack for virtual assistants. We have business tools, AI tools, marketing tools, email, websites, SEO, social media, audio and video, and graphic design. If you've ever looked at how someone else is doing it and wondered how they did it, I have that tool. I have that tool. I've been collecting them for years. They're all in one spot. Go grab it now in the show notes. Back to the podcast. Hey, welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Emily Reagan, a fellow freelancer. I'm so glad you joined us here. If you just caught it, we're doing a mini mindset series. And my last two podcast hosts were talking about facing your fears. We were talking about stomping on your inner critic. That's a very strong word, but not listening to your inner critic. And today I have my friend, Sally Arias, here to really talk about coming at your business from a place of strategy, having a plan, having a vision versus letting emotions drive the car, drive your ship, drive you in the wrong direction and make you want to make dumb decisions or quit, fold. Here's the thing. It is hard. What we're doing is hard. If you heard a VA coach said, oh my God, you could make $75 an hour and just sit on your couch. It's wrong. Business is hard. Not everyone is meant to be an entrepreneur. Not everyone has what it takes to set boundaries and stay on the course. And for some of us, it might be better to go down the street and get that job at Capital One and live a cush life and have a very happy life and fulfilled life that way. Some of us want a little different life. We maybe want to work in the cracks of time like I do during the school hours. Or maybe you want this to be a full-time gig. Just know it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard. And that's why we have this mindset series to help you go through it, especially when you feel like quitting. I want you to believe it. I want you to believe your self-worth. I want you to believe that your business is capable of fulfilling your dreams. So I'm just so glad you're here and listening because I know when I first started out in my business, 2009, I was an accidental freelancer. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Didn't know about any of this mindset stuff. Didn't even have the vision for a business. I just knew people needed work. I liked it. I made money. I was happy. But (laughs) new level, new devil. The more you advance in your business, the more you book out, the more you deal with different personalities and clients, the more you become aware. I like to talk about it. It's like entering the matrix. If you take that red pill, you choose to face a new life and to go through change and personal growth and development, I wouldn't take it any other way. But when you see this, you can't unsee it, it's really easy to start getting in your head. So I asked the freelancers who are in my digital marketers work group, what are they dealing with? A good friend of mine told me fear of success. I thought that was so interesting. I never would have labeled that. So today we are going to address that with my friend, Selly. We're also going to talk about why you're afraid to put yourself out there, why you don't complete things, why you're afraid to move forward. And then we're going to address the other part of this equation when you have this internal doubt of they'll never pay me that, those services aren't worth that, who would hire me, and all of that. And this is just going to unpack a lot today. It is. It's going to be a really fun conversation. What I love about Sally is she calls herself a grown-ass business strategist. She helps wildly creative entrepreneurs stop flying by the seat of their pants with a unique, no-template-allowed approach 
to mastering business systems, the fundamental strategies, mindset skills that help us run a business and transform from beginning business to a seven-figure world and above. She holds two BAs, an MBA, and she's a certified mindset coach. So she is the quintessential unicorn who's combining two very different topics into one service. And I was talking to her, truth be told, we Voxer all the time. And I'm like, what's up with these mindset coaches? I feel like they address one part of the problem. Or the business coach who just addresses the offer. Or the marketing coach who just does the marketing. Who's the person who does it all in once? Because even with all of that business stuff, there's still freaking mindset getting in the way. All of my friends is true. Some of us are just better at plowing through it than others. Some of us are crying on the inside. You just have no idea, right? We're all facing these insecurities and doubts. So I never want you to feel alone in this. But what we're going to do on this episode today is create awareness. And Sully's really good at that. I did take her program Roadmap to Millions. We'll talk a little bit about this. This is not a shameless plug for her. But you can see how strength is in the numbers. And I teach this in the Unicorn Digital Marketing Assistant School. This is why we report and track and provide data to our clients. Then we feel less attached to the outcome. We're not making the failed launch about us as assistants. We could look at the data and make decisions, and that will motivate you like crazy to do the things that will make you uncomfortable in your business. Here's the truth. I wanted to be behind the camera. I have a journalism degree. I was the only girl I knew in my class who was doing broadcast and electronic media, who did not want to be in front of the camera. I did not want to put myself out there. It's a very vulnerable. It really sucks. But once I had this vision for a bigger business, a bigger impact, and more people I could help, it was easy to put myself out there. So Sally's going to talk about this vision. What will motivate you to get through these slumps and valleys in your business? Because they do happen. We're going to talk about tons of good stuff today. I'm just so glad you're joining us. Best thing you can do share this podcast with a friend who is also struggling. And just know that this is why we have our digital marketers work group, a community for freelancers to get together and work through this. I'm not saying it's a Debbie Downer place. I'm not saying we're sharing our sob stories, but sometimes we just need to come together and be lifted up and see other people doing it so we can see ourselves in their success and be encouraged and motivated. Okay. Off my soapbox. I know this is going to come up for you. This relationship between strategy and mindset is so crucial that without further ado, let's jump into our interview with Sally. Hey, Sally, welcome to the show. I'm so glad to have you here. You and I are Voxer buds and talk a lot, and I am so excited for my community to meet you and just learn from you. So tell everyone hello, a little bit about you, how you got here, what your business looks like, all the good stuff. Hi. Thanks for having me. It feels weird because we are Voxer buddies and now we're like talking. We should do this more often, Emily. No, we should with some, you know, alcohol maybe. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Virtual drinks. Let's do that. And I will say as a Taurus and a projector and lover of safety and lover of clear paths, I am like the queen of pivots. So just know that like, it's okay. (laughs) to pivot. But I always say I started my life in business when I was 10. I immigrated to the U.S. as a kid and didn't grow up with very much as a way to say it. And I really wanted to take ballet. So I started my first business when I was 10 years old. And I, the following year when I was 11, drove my bike to a ballet studio and signed myself up and worked my butt off and became a professional dancer. So that was my first career. By the time I was 15, I was going to Ailey and training and doing professional work. And I have toured the world as a dancer. I have a dance degree and an administration degree. And then I got a second degree in Argentina in fashion design. And that was my second very serious business. I created a fashion line specific to tango, salsa, social dances. And I ran that business for nine years. I didn't realize the connection there. How fun. I know. Yeah. So I come from creative, right? I have a BFA in dance. I then learned how to dance tango in Argentina while I was studying fashion design. And I created a line for tango and also danced professionally in tango. So 
after nine years of making all the mistakes that I now help people not make in their businesses, I was overworked and exhausted and burnt out and feeling lost and confused and like an imposter and like a loser and like a total loser because I was just so exhausted and hadn't had a great product, had a niche audience, had global distribution, was always still kind of working myself ragged just to keep up and just to break even a lot of times. So I went and did what everybody thinks they are supposed to do. I went and got an MBA (laughs) because when you clearly are missing some pieces in your business, you get an MBA, right? Yeah. (laughs) Let me help you save some time and money. Do not go get an MBA. Okay. So on that journey, I then worked for startups. I worked for startups in tech and wellness. And then I worked in corporate sales in the luxury fashion space. And then I went back to startups as a COO and then as a head coach for a coaching company. And I left that company to start my own coaching and consulting, business consulting, because that company didn't incorporate mindset ultimately into their frameworks and teachings. And I, after years and years and years of working with a lot of businesses, I kept seeing these patterns of, I can give you the dashboards and the tools and the systems and the the clear strategy. But if you don't have a system for believing in yourself and you don't believe in the strategy I've given you, you'll never execute on it. You will keep freezing and not taking action, or you will keep spinning and telling me that you're spinning, or you will sit in self-doubt and imposter syndrome forever and not actually take action, which I did when I was younger. And now I understand what I was doing and I understand what I was doing in my 20s. So I went and got certified as a mindset coach. And now in my company, the grown-ass business, I incorporate tools and tactics and dashboards and strategy with mindset. So you are this ultimate unicorn in my book. And this is what attracted me to you because you have the business brain. You have an MBA. I'm a fellow MBA holder thinking I didn't know enough. I'm going to go do more classes. So I feel like I'm good enough and I know enough and I can keep up. And then you add in this mindset, which I say that all the time with my program. Like I can give all of the marketing workflows and services and how to do things, but how my community shows up in those sticky client situations and how they choose to talk to themselves every day when they wake up is what's going to actually make or break them. And you bring them both in one world, which no one else is doing. You're magical. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. I I kind of one day was like, oh, it's like this and like this and like this, right? And then I was like, but everybody knows that, right? And I gave a talk about it and people looked at me and they kind of looked at me like, no, no one's actually talking about that. I was like, oh, okay, that's my jam then. I talked about business strategy and mindset and how they're all tangled up and intertwined in your brain and how it's really important to untangle the brain in order to understand when we're talking about business strategy and when we're talking about mindset. And you have to be able to separate out the two because they're so intermingled right now. They exist inside of our brain and our our whole self-awareness. We believe a lot of times we're behaving strategically, but 99% of the time we are making decisions and actions based on our emotions, our past beliefs, our narratives, our experiences. We're always acting from that place and not from a business strategy place. So like my jam is like, let me teach you how to untangle the two. So then you can start making informed decisions of, okay, this is an actual business strategy problem and I need to address the business strategy problem. Or is this just like, me being emotional or sensitive or feeling like an imposter or feeling not good enough or like I don't know enough or all the things, right, that we carry on our backpacks. So yeah, that's kind of my sweet spot. And I I brought you on the show to talk about that mindset, Lane. But first, what attracted me to you, which sounds a little, you know, special right there, was the fact that I had heard you've been behind the scenes of all these successful businesses. You want to know how so-and-so got to seven figures? It was Sally. And I was like, wait, what? Tell me more. Who is this girl? Like, that's what I wanted. And I know, I know when you get in there and unpack things, there's all this, you know, garbage under there that we got to like kind of clear out and sort out. But can you talk a little bit about this business lane you're in? Because I did just take your dashboards program. I was already aware that I needed to do this and no one else is really teaching it. I had told you I had started worksheets and I was 
all in my spreadsheets and trying to like figure out my numbers and profitability. And then you came along with this dashboards course and I was like, oh my God, this is what I need. So let's talk a little bit about what you're doing there. And really, I want you to toot your horn about these businesses you've grown because that's what you're doing like under under the hood, right? Yeah, absolutely. So the dashboard that you're talking about, it lives inside my business kind of fundamentals program. It's called Roadmap to Millions. And the reason I built that program was because there was a time where I was working with a lot of different VC-backed startups. I had several like big influencer clients that you all have heard of. And what I was finding, even with some of these bigger clients, I was like, ooh, fun. This is going to be really fun. This person has their shit together. So I'm going to get to roll up my sleeves and get in there and get dirty because it's going to be hard and complicated. And a lot of times the stuff that just unlocks the whole thing and, and the growth happens always was something that was back in the fundamentals that they just hadn't really looked at or had it ignored. Now, I say this to say, because I want, I want to say this caveat, because we all have all these feelings that come up around the things we ignore. It is absolutely normal on your journey to lean into your strengths and grow a business based on your strengths. In the beginning, you need to do that because you need to make money and you need to have some revenue under your belt and you need to have sales. And it's totally normal in the very beginning to lean into that zone of genius or lean into that comfort zone to try to like pull ahead, right? But there's a certain point where if you've done that and you've made some money and you've had success, then you kind of want to stay there. And you don't know why the whole thing isn't still growing and isn't still working. So what I kept seeing over and over again was these really, really brilliant, amazing, gorgeous, successful, like big communities, big followings, like influencer type people. When I would really get under the hood of their business, it was like, oh, you just haven't done this one thing. And it's kind of a basic it's a fundamentals, right? Like, so that was what inspired me. One day I actually drew on paper because I actually draw everything on paper before I ever put it on an Excel sheet or anything because I'm a very tactile visual person. So I kind of drew a map of what it looks like. What are the things you need to have in place in order to be ready for me to scale you? Because what you need to do to scale, there's specific things. When you talk about scale, there's specific things, teams, systems, automations, right? But you can't do all of that and focus on that if you don't have stable revenue. So I was like, what are those pieces? And I kind of started putting together and playing with what that looks like. Then one day, I drew this map really only for the sake of the people in my mastermind. And then one day somebody said, I'd love to have you come teach in my mastermind, but do you have a program that really is just the bare minimum systems, things that somebody has to have in place to have a solid business? Because I get them to think about scale and bigger stuff, but like, do you have that program? And I was like, ugh, I don't. <laughs> and I was like so annoyed because I'm such a nerd. I was so annoyed that I hadn't thought of it that I hadn't built it. But then I went back to that drawing and I was like, oh, I have it. It's this thing that I drew at the base of the pyramid. These are the things you have to have in place in order to move to like level two. I drew it like a little game board, right? And I was like, oh, and I have all those exercises. So in a dream world, these are the things that every beginner trying to get to six figures, or even if you're at six figures and, and kind of stuck, these are all the things you would have in place so that you're actually ready to either have consistent revenue and just stability, or you're ready to scale. That to me is in my dream world, everybody has these things because we're better equipped for growth and scale. And what I did was all those things create the CEO dashboard, all the steps that we work on build into your CEO dashboard so that you start running your business from just the basic metrics and data that you need to be looking at. No crazy analytics, nothing overwhelming. It's actually really bare bones, but that you start running your business from database decisions and not emotional decisions. Ding, ding, ding. Way to tie it in. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so Roadmap to Millions is really all about what are the actual pieces I need to have in place? I'm going to have them all in one place. Then I start to run my business from this plan, from this dashboard. And then when my story or my emotions or my beliefs comes up, I know that I get to address that, which is different than just business tactics. 
Does that make sense? Yeah. And you know what I'm realizing? This is what I do on my freelancer calls. I do this with my work group members and I give them an opportunity to get on a call with me. I give them a discount from what I offer the public and I make them bring their numbers. What are your packages? What are your hours? What are your prices? And we have to sit and freaking look at it. And when you see, oh my God, this beginning loyal client that I've been with forever that I'm too scared to leave is actually costing me, like all the cost of inaction, like keeping me stuck, like it becomes emotionless. No, that's not the right word, but data-driven. You have you you can't help but face the music that you need to make a change if you want to move forward. But this is that like smaller freelancer level when you just have a couple clients. So does this dashboard work with service providers? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I have all kinds of people in the current cohort. The dashboard is how to get you to think about your business like a business. So absolutely. Right. And I think it's liberating to your point. I think it's liberating when you realize, oh, that client that doesn't make me feel good and that I have a little bit of like anxiety or nervousness or feelings in my body that I don't enjoy and I kind of dread. Oh, you mean I could get rid of that client? Because if you look at the thing, you know, if you put it on paper and you look at it and you really look at it, you're like, oh, if I just did sold one of these and one of these, I could get rid of that person that's causing a lot of stress and anxiety in my life. So absolutely, it's for service providers. And we kind of do that every week. Like every week, every session, we cover one of the big foundational pieces of business. And every week, people are like, oh, so that's where my marketing messaging comes from? Like, yeah, comes from voice of consumer interviews, not from pretending to know them and writing pages and pages of avatar work or for, you know, so we kind of like really cover all these things. And and I don't know, I hope you had fun when you did it. I have a lot of fun. I do. I knew I needed that. I was definitely an avoider. And when you talked about that person who leaned into strengths, like my strength was marketing and to get that going. And I knew I'm in that stage. I have to come back and address some of this and build some more solid foundations and systems and all of that stuff, which is less fun for me. (laughs) But I know I need to do it. And I actually enjoy it when I give myself this space. But my whole issue is space. But like, that's that's another podcast or another time. So one of the the emotions we're talking about when we see these numbers, because I gave you a list of what some of my work group members were talking about. And a lot of this comes up with afraid to walk away from clients, to increase our rates with clients, like scared that we're missing out and a little bit of that lack. And I just want to talk about the emotions that come up with us and what's really going on with us in our freelancer service provider brains, when we see these numbers, we can make these data decisions to walk away or increase rates. But like, what's really going on under the surface with us? Oh, that's a great <laughs> What's going on under the surface? Well, it can be many things, but are you saying specifically when someone's like, I'm having trouble getting rid of said client, for example? I think it's more about, if, I mean, if I'm going to walk through this a little bit, like that self-worth, it's that the fears of failure, some of those conversations that you and I have been having over in Voxer, I think there's just a lot under the hood. And yeah, so what's underneath all of it is a lot of times whatever belief we're carrying around about ourselves that we're aware of or unaware of right? And then this impacts how we behave in our business. I will use me as an example. Like I had a belief for a really long time because I was a creative and I had a creative background. I believed I was bad at math. So because I was bad at math, I created a fashion label without ever crafting up an Excel sheet of my costs and my prices and my profit margins. So I never... I know. You're like, you of all people? You're the dashboard queen. I know. I am the dashboard queen because I have been there, people. I never looked at my numbers. And not just for like a year or two years, for like nine years. Now that's insanity. When you think about you're running a product-based business yeah. and your profit margin is all that you make off of a product that makes that takes a lot of effort to make, Like you need to know what your numbers are. And I wouldn't say like I was afraid of the numbers. I didn't feel like fear of the numbers. I just believed I was bad at math. And so because I believed I was bad at math, I just kind of believed, 
I wouldn't even know what to put on an Excel sheet and I wouldn't know what to look at and I wouldn't know how to calculate it. So do you know what I did instead? What? I worked really, really, really hard for yeah. years. I worked seven days a week. I ran the whole business. I designed, I made the patterns, I made the samples. I created a little mini factory out of my house or had like little external factories. I had a little open boutique shop in the front of my apartment and it was open on the weekends. So I saw clients all weekend. I literally, when I say I worked seven days a week for nine years, I literally worked seven days a week for nine years. Now, in retrospect, I didn't know this at the time because I, what I was actually doing is I was trying to outrun the numbers. I was trying to outwork and outsmart the numbers. But you can't outsmart the numbers. Now, had I actually sat down and figured out what my profit range was on some of these things, had I actually made a sales plan, really, and it's easy to do, I've shown you how to do it, it's actually very easy to do. Had I actually made a projections plan, I would have known how many dresses I need to sell in order to be able to take a vacation. I would have known what weekends of the year I could close my little boutique and have a life. But my fear, like my, I wouldn't say fear. I would say my belief that I was bad at math meant that I behaved a certain way in the world that then had direct impact on my experience of life and business, right? So that's what we're doing all the time, right? My belief that I'm bad on camera means I don't make content. And if I don't make content or really talk to my audience about what I do, I most likely don't get new clients or don't grow a community, right? My belief that it's rude or ugly or nasty to sell your product. Good one, yes. Right? Because women are not supposed to be salesy or we're not supposed to talk about our product. or My belief around what that means means that I never actually pitch you. And I might actually be the perfect coach for you. And I might hear you talking and go, oh my God, she needs just, she just needs my basic dashboard and she's going to be like in a totally different place, right? Like, I just want to help her. But if I believe, and I'm operating from this belief that it's like wrong or unladylike, or like, what would people think? That's a common one. What would they think? Then I'm not going to say, hey, have you, do you know what I do? Like, I know we're friends, but like, do you know what I do? If I don't feel comfortable doing that, it's not because It's not a business thing. It's because I have some belief and worry about what you're going to think, right? So we are actually operating in our businesses like that all the time. I see some people, I'm just thinking here on the fly, people who have started a lot of businesses. And so I feel like they're telling themselves, I don't complete. I'm never successful. Like they're, you know, flaky is a strong word, but I mean, there's people, there's a reason why network marketing didn't work out for you, right? And so then they carry that baggage into the service business where it's a completely different model and a fresh start, but they're already limiting themselves because of what they've tried in the past instead of seeing that as like a plus. Yeah. And if you go into a situation believing I don't complete things or everyone in my family tells me that I just never pick a lane Mm -hmm. and everybody in my family tells me I don't pick things or complete things, how do you think that has you behave? The same. You don't complete it. Yeah. If you really believe it about yourself. So this is like one of the things that I try to undo a lot with people is let's separate what's actually business strategy and let's separate the parts that are just your narrative and your story that we need to address so that you can execute on the business strategy. Because here's the fun secret. Are you ready? Yes. Business strategy is actually really easy. (laughs) Let me guess, all that emotion stuff is the hard stuff. (laughs) You are the hard part. Gosh, why do I make it difficult? (laughs) Yes, we all make it difficult. Here's a really great example because for your your world, right? And your people and marketing. I made that really awesome reel and it was so cool and nobody liked it. I suck. Oh, uh, yes. Attaching meaning to outcomes, right? Yes. Or like, nobody, nobody likes me. My own friends didn't like my reel. So like, no one's following me and no one likes me. No one likes my content. I suck. I should just not post anything else. Yeah. We all do that. We all do that. But is that an actual data truth? I mean, the algorithm is not your friend. First of all, people (laughs) are doing your shit most of the time, right? Like I have clients who are like, 
This is my favorite one. This is my favorite one. Well, I posted about it once in stories and nobody bit. I'm like, what percentage of your audience and your people see one story one time? Right? Like, <laughs> yes. very small. <laughs> Where I'm even to my friends, I'm like, did you see my last reel? It was really cool. Will you go like it? And it's not like you're, you're not a jerk. You're just like, I didn't see it. Love you, boo. I didn't see it. Right? But we make it mean all this stuff, right? Like I posted one story, nobody answered the question. So therefore nobody wants this offer. They probably didn't even see it, but you're making it mean all these things. And here's the other secret. You're making it mean because your brain is wired this way. Okay. Your brain is retrieving data from experience, retrieving information to prove to yourself that the thing you already believe about yourself is true. And here's why. Your brain's actually scientifically wired this way. Now, this is really fascinating. We're going to go into mindset for a little bit. There's a little thing in the back of your head, in the amygdala, there's a little gland called the reticular activating system. And what this thing does is it behaves like a camera. So imagine that it is like the camera outside of the super cool club that you're trying to get into, right? Okay, because you're actually having about 10 million bits of information coming at you at once. Your brain can't possibly process that. So its job is to decide what's allowed into the club or not. The club is your brain. Okay. Okay. <laughs> the club is your brain where then that information flows through and gets processed. So imagine that your eyes aren't even taking in all that they could be taking in. It's all being processed. So the RAS, let's call it the RAS for short, takes in its information from touch, sight, taste, and something else, but not smell. Smell connects to something else. Okay. So all of this information is coming at you. It's the filter. It's the bouncer that says, are you cool to come in or not cool? Cool or not cool? Now, how does your filter, right? How does your filter know what to filter for? How does your filter decide who's dressed like she's ready to come into the club and who looks like a bum isn't coming? How does your filter know? It's like instantly judging based. I don't know. How does it know? What? What? You tell your filter what you want it to look for. Oh. Now, this is some crazy, crazy shit that we don't talk about. No, we don't. You wake up in the morning and you go, oh, my God, I'm so tired. And it's really gloomy outside. And I have so much to do today and I don't feel like it. Your RAS goes, mm-hmm, coming right up. I'll give you more of that. You got it, babe. Here you go. I'm here to serve you. I got you, boo. Your RAS is actually wired to filter for the things you are asking it to do and it to look for. This is why like certain type of affirmation work is really powerful. Right. Because if you're doing certain type of affirmation, not all affirmation work, but if you're doing affirmation work and really telling your brain, I'm actually wanting to attract this, I'm actually wanting to see this. This is why that there was that whole like trend of like lucky girl syndrome. And I did a story about it where I was like, I know we want to hate on the lucky girls, but actually scientifically they're on to something because if you're walking around going, I'm so lucky, everything happens for me. Oh my God, my phone just fell, but I'm so lucky. Everything happens for me. Like, right. If you're actually going around saying that you're telling your brain that, and then it starts to actually bring things to you. Right. Hey, my inbox is flooded right now with referrals for digital marketing assistance. There's so many work opportunities. This is how you create a flexible schedule where you're the boss, where you work when you want to and you have off and play when you want to. This is how you have the ultimate job satisfaction where you get to be creative and a team player. And this is how you make money. It's skills, it's money, and I can help you do it fast inside the Unicorn Digital Marketing Assistant School. If you've been wanting to work from home as a freelance marketer, I can help you get started. Get on the wait list and I'll see you in October. So here's another trick. Like they always tell you to do this in, in vision work. Pick a thing that you want to like go see out in the world. Choose a yellow dandelion, right? That you never see. And then go out into the world and see if you see it. So you're like yellow dandelion, yellow dandelion, yellow dandelion, yellow dandelion. Your ass is going to go coming right up. I'll find one for you. My clients do this. I make them do this in my mastermind when we do mindset work. And somebody chose, this was the funniest story. She chose yellow giraffe. And then right after she chose it, she was like, oh no, I chose a really hard one. I'm never going to see yellow giraffe and I'm not going to be able to create my vision and I'm not going to be able to manifest because yellow giraffe is so hard. And I'm like, just chill out. 
give it a few days, relax. Who knows? Right? Sure enough, she's like, yellow giraffes are everywhere. Even on my friend's story, like she's like sends me screenshots of like her friend's stories. Her friend's boyfriend is wearing like giraffe pajamas. And she's like, look at this green, like this is crazy. And I'm like, because your brain is actually filtering for you. It's filtering information for you. So if you are like, I never complete a thing, your brain goes, coming right up. Here's more proof. Here's more proof that you never complete a thing. And then you're taking in all that proof that you never complete a thing. And then you eventually go, yeah, there's no point. I quit this business too. Oh my gosh. And I'm so glad what you're describing is manifesting, which is why, you know. It's like the science of manifesting. I like the science behind it. I prefer the science behind it. Like why does my brain kind of go like a little bit like bullshit? But I, I know like. I like struggle with it, but how you just described it, I'm like, okay, I believe it. I get it. I see it. I mean, the other day, I just kept finding like lucky pennies everywhere and it was so weird and my brain just kept looking more. I even took a picture. I did not put it on my stories, but meant to, yellow giraffe, but (laughs) it's it's just funny though. It locked on to that or like some moments I have these weird, it's probably not kosher to say, um, what's another word for spirit animal? Oh gosh. I don't know. I never found the correct alternative. That's not the right thing. I'm going to say it anyway. But I kept, you know, kept finding that evidence. Like, there's the red cardinal. There's the red cardinal. I'm like Googling what that means. But I was looking for it, baby. (laughs) Totally. Totally. So, like, we do really create more of our reality than we realize. So this is why it's so important for entrepreneurship. Because here's the thing, guys. Entrepreneurship is hard. It's really fun and we can have a lot of fun. We can make it fun and we can make it easier. My whole goal is to make it easier. That's what I'm here for. And it's also hard. The reason I need to make it easier for you is because it's hard, right? But we make it harder on ourselves. We make it harder because we don't understand that one thing is just business strategy. And then there's the other reality of what your brain is doing the whole time. See, you didn't close that contract. See, you suck. I told you, you suck. I told you you're not made for this. See, that client keeps texting you or emailing you at 6 p.m. and you keep not saying no because you can't do See, you have a problem with boundaries. Like your brain isn't really helping you make entrepreneurship easy because it's not its job, right? Your brain isn't wired to make being a business owner easy. Your brain isn't even actually wired to give you your dreams. Your brain isn't here for you to have your dream life. Your brain has one main job. Do you know what it is? I'm going to guess some kind of basic survival. Its job is to keep you alive. That's so sad. (laughs) I know, brain. Like, I have big dreams. I have big goals, okay? I have big aspirations. So I have to actually work on all this stuff. And what I just taught you about the RAS, that's just one piece of understanding the brain and mindset, right? Yeah. But ultimately, just know that entrepreneurship really is both. You can't just address mindset and run your business from an purely emotional place, how you feel that day, because your business does require data-driven decisions. And you can't run a business just from the strategy and just from the tactics and just from the data, because you will keep running into the wall yourself and not know why, not know what's going on. You have to understand the mindset piece as well. Yeah, I agree. And it, it seems like you have to come in very impartial, which is just really tough to do. Yeah, which is why that's why I like to teach the science of your brain and how your brain works and, and your mindset so that you realize like there's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with how you feel. There's nothing wrong with these fear of failures that you have or the stuff that's coming up for you, right? Like, That just means you're human, like the rest of us. Hello. Like recently, suddenly, all the people who used to follow me and all my colleagues and friends are suddenly not seeing my content, not seeing my reels. And I make really good reels, damn it. And everyone's not seeing them. And it's kind of heartbreaking. But I'm like, doesn't mean anything about me. I could make it mean something about me. And I could make it mean that I just don't make content anymore because no one's seeing it. But, you know, the algorithm changes all the time and it will come back around and and we're going to keep going. We're going to make a data-driven decision and we're going to keep going, 
right? But if I let my emotions get the best of me, like what would your average client do when their marketing isn't getting results? What do they do? Oh, we have slam on the brakes clients all the time. They just like give up. And I know from working with over a hundred different clients the last few years that that consistency and showing up over time in the middle of the freaking valley in the slump is what people see. And yeah, there's their mind tanks too. Like that one I put so much effort into, WTF. <laughs> but you know what? I could go repurpose it later. I could put it on other platforms. Like no big deal. I know. That was going to be my question for you because I'm curious what you'll say. When you are just like, you know, chugging along, chugging along and you hit these slumps in these moments, like what do you tell yourself in your brain to keep going? Like what keeps you motivated through those moments? Like what should we tell ourselves? Well, two things. I do believe in having a business plan and that's why I like the dashboard. I believe in having a business plan because it gives me this like cushion, right? Because if you don't have a plan, you're kind of free floating. And when you're free floating in the slumps is why you, why you quit. So I always like look at my plan and go, okay, we didn't get that many clients in this round, but next round of Roadmap to Millions, I'm going to do this and this and this, and I'm going to, pre-, you know, like I just, I look at it strategically. So there's that, that part of it of like the secret to business is consistency, just like it is in marketing. Right. And I know that. So my, my logical brain can look at it and go, okay. And then what do I tell myself and tell my brain in those moments or yeah, tell myself that my brain is doing when my brain does that, like no one likes you, no one likes your content, no one's getting it. Nobody understands what you do in the world. Nobody understands your programs. Even your own friends don't like your stuff anymore. <laughs> like <laughs> all that crazy stuff because I'm just saying it because it actually happens to all of us. So I'm, yeah. no one is immune to these feelings. Yeah, thank you for that. <laughs> so when that happens, I just kind of like take that voice out of my head and I just kind of look at it and go, thank you so much. I see what you're doing. And I get you. Thank you for protecting me. Thank you for trying to keep me safe. Thank you for trying to slow me down and get me to stop. I get what you're doing. You're trying to get me to not feel pain of rejection. You're trying to get me to not feel any pain at all. I love you for that. I really appreciate you for that. I'm going to keep going. And one of the reasons that I keep going, and this is really important and you have to have this, is because I have a very clear vision of what I'm building Right. Like I always tell my clients, I have, have you ever heard me give the Rihanna speech, the Rihanna teaching? No, I don't think I have. I'll share it with your audience then. When I teach mindset, I have this one class where I'm like, I have Rihanna dreams, right? My vision, my future self, she shows up to an event to speak or whatever. I just show up in a onesie as myself doing bare minimum moves. (laughs) Just like everyone's there just to see me and all my other businesses, all my other, I didn't get paid for this particular speaking event or this book signing or whatever it is, but all my other businesses make millions on the side because I just showed up for some big event for free because you don't get paid for the Super Bowl, by the way. Right? Putting on your makeup. (laughs) Online. Exactly. So like, I'm like, that's dreams because yeah. Rihanna taught us something at the Super Bowl yeah, that did. you don't need a sidekick. You don't need to show skin. You can show up pregnant in a onesie and be like so embodied in yourself that your other brands and your, you've built a business and you've built marketing around all your other brands that because you showed up, you made money. And I was like, that's goals. That is some serious ass business goals. So I always tell people I have Rihanna dreams for my business. So when I'm really down in the slumps and not feeling it, I just go, oh, right. I imagine my future self, right? And the business I'm building and what it looks like to speak in front of audiences and teach people about their business and what it looks like to help people and what it looks like for my, like when I, I imagine that I'm like, right, the vision is more powerful and pulling me forward and exciting me than this like low level, emotional reaction that my brain's doing to me right now because a real didn't get, you know, then you realize how small that is in the grand scheme of things. So I do believe that you do need to have a clear vision of like what excites you and what pulls you forward. 
Okay. And that's really good. And then I think that business plan, we were just talking about this in the work group happy hour the other night, but someone was saying, well, how do you show up at these events, you know, take photos with the right people, like put yourself out there, talk to people. And I'm like, it goes to that business plan. You make it about the plan. It's not about you. And I love that about these dashboards is it puts those sales activities like freaking front in your face. Yep, exactly. When you have a clear plan and it's in your face, right? Then you're like, oh, I go to that event and I go and talk to that person and that person and that person because they know people that can introduce me to my audience. And it's not about me and my ego or my fear of rejection or any of my stuff. It's not about me at all. It's actually like on my business plan and it's a, it's a piece of this bigger thing I'm building. And the bigger thing that I'm building is exciting. And it's not about me and my ego and like how bad my hair looked that day. It's about, oh, I'm going to this event and networking with the right people because I believe in the thing I'm building and I'm excited about it. And then it becomes bigger than you and it becomes bigger than all your stories and all your stuff and all the things you're carrying, right? I mean, I'm an introvert and everybody thinks I'm an extrovert, which I always find hilarious. Same, same. Right? And it's like, oh, right, because... One, I love talking about what I do. I love talking about business and mindset and strategy and dashboard. I love it because I love—I genuinely love helping people. And the reason is that I, that I love helping people is because one, I grew up poor and I've been there and I have worked my ass off and I've made all the mistakes. And so I'm like, please let me help you. Let me save you some years off your life. Like, let me save you some money. Let me save you some time. Learn from you know, 30 years in business. So it actually lights me up. So when I walk into a room, people think I'm such a ham and such an extrovert. And then I have to go home and like take a nap because I'm (laughs) worn out by it because I'm actually not an extrovert at all. But your vision has to be whatever excites you because it's going to be the thing that gets you out of bed. It's going to be the thing that gets you to keep posting. It's going to be the thing that gets you to get clarity on who your clients are and who your clients aren't. And it's going to be the thing that helps you set that boundary and say, you know what? No, I'm not going to take that job because you're a difficult client. No, I don't need it. Like to, even to set boundaries is when you have clarity of vision. Yes. Right. Oh my God. So good. You and I were talking before we hit record about this fear of success. And I was telling you that someone in my community said that was a big thing for her. And I was telling you leading up to this podcast that that would never get me to click on something. I would never recognize that in myself. But in talking through it with you, we can see that this is an underlying thing with a lot of people. What can you tell us about this? Just so we we can create awareness and know that maybe we're holding ourselves back because of this fear. We talk a lot about fear of failure but not this other side of it. Yeah, I'm glad that you brought this up. I think, ironically, it's because we are taught that fear of failure is okay. And fear of failure is normal. And it's normal to fear losing the game, losing the sport, not getting the A, not getting the thing. That's normal. But because fear of success is not really normal or talked about, When we actually have fear of success, we don't know how to recognize it in ourselves. Like we don't actually know that that's where we're operating from. And I have coached so many people at this point that I will say, I think more times it's actually fear of success than fear of failure that's holding you back. So here's what fear of success can look like that you're unaware of, that you're completely unaware of because we have a subconscious mind that holds a lot of things we're unaware of. But fear of success can look like, well, what would my husband think if I make more money than him? How would the dynamic in our relationship change? How would the dynamic in our relationship change if I actually complete the thing and do the thing if he's used to me being the person that doesn't do the thing? It will actually change our dynamic. It will change our relationship. What will my friends think if I'm suddenly like can buy my $5,000 Prada bag? What are my friends going to think? What will my family say? Because you better believe your ass. My family has said things to me when I started to make money. The thing is, it's very real. It will impact what friends will I lose? What friends will say to me, oh, well, you've had it easy because of X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, did you see all the years I worked seven day weeks? 
months. Were you there for that? I think you were. What do you mean I've had it easy? But people will have thoughts and opinions and say things about your success. So it's actually a very, very real fear because it will, success will change the way you relate to the world and your people and your environment and your communities and reality. So it will change. And ultimately we fear change because like, who am I? Who will I be? What will I be like? What will I behave like when I'm super successful? What if I actually hit the seven figure mark? Who do I become? I don't know her. I don't know what she acts like. I don't know how she treats people. I don't know what she looks like. I don't know how she dresses. Is she going to be a snobby bitch? Or is she still going to be funny, goofy, makes mistakes all the time and has reels that flunk? You know what I mean? Like, because I don't know her and we fear change so much, it's so uncomfortable that we actually believe our, and our whole brain wires us to believe we're afraid of failing but actually fear of success is very, very unknown to most of us. Oh, I could see that. I never really thought about that. But yeah, I don't have all the answers. I don't have the, all the answers. It's a true unknown. It's actually a real unknown because you've never reached the pinnacle of your idea of success. So it is the, it's the ultimate unknown and our brains fear the unknown. Okay. How do I know if it's that or maybe like a deep self-worth issue that I need to work on there? I think fear of success sometimes, in my observation, this isn't true for everyone, but this is my observation of patterns I've seen. I think fear of success has us freezing in inaction, right? If you ever find yourself like, oh, I'm just not, I just keep freezing and I'm just not doing the thing. Or you find yourself going, or maybe I should do that. Or maybe I should do that. Or maybe I should do that offer. Or maybe I should price it like that, right? That's fear of success because you're not making moves, Okay. Self-worth shows up a little bit differently. Self-worth issues can be very intrinsically tied to that and can just show up that way. But self-worth also can look a little bit more like no one would ever pay me that for my services. If I raise my prices, I'll lose all my clients. What would they say? What would they think of me? Okay, I see that. Right? Can you, do you see the difference? Yeah, but there's still a little bit of an overlap with that fear of judgment, like what will change and how will people treat me different and the yeah. self-worth. But I think that makes sense, the inaction and yeah. that just really stopping yourself blockage. Yeah. Self-worth is even more like, who am I to even want that bigger business? Like, I don't deserve it type. Who do I think I am? Have you ever thought that about yourself? Like, well, maybe I should just be happy at six figures and call it a day. I don't need more. I don't really need more. I'm fine. I'm no, fine here. I want more. Then <laughs> <laughs> you don't have self-worth issues. <laughs> well, no, I mean, I know I do. I'm not invincible to that. But I was like, I do know I want more. But if anything, I catch myself maybe spreading myself to, I mean, we talked about this in the dashboards, but, you know, focusing on the one thing that's really going to get you success is freaking scary from like somebody who doesn't want to commit. And that's probably a deep, that's, that's probably like a fear of success. I didn't recognize it until right now. I didn't. That's my aha moment. I'm glad that you realized that though. I just told you I would never click on a podcast. It was like fear of success, but I know, I mean, I know it's in, it's gotta be in there. I've been around in business long enough to see it. You know, it's really, really real. But I don't, I, I think what's so tricky about it is it's, we're not even aware that we kind of have a fear of success. Can I tell you what I do? Yeah. I don't think I've shared this on Voxer. I do this thing and I've done it my whole life. And it, it didn't help that I naturally am a good test taker and I'm really good at winging it. And it just like feeds into this cycle of I over-prepare, I under-prepare, but I wait till the last freaking minute. And then I'm like, did the best I could. I couldn't do any better. Sorry. And Dude, then I, I, I do like that too. limit myself that way. But I also like get away with it. This is why I always like kind of make fun of myself because it's just so people understand I'm just as human as you are. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I've just been in business for a really long time. So I might be some steps ahead because I probably made all the mistakes already. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I share I'm like, I am not perfect, but Oh my gosh, I do that so much when I have to give speeches. 
when I've been invited to speak and here's my thing, speaking is on my vision. Like I love speaking. I love teaching people. I love blowing people's minds and giving them information they don't have and helping them. So why in the world do I put off writing the speech and practicing it? it? Why? And then I get up there and kind of bomb and go, well, I did my best. You limited yourself. It was self-sabotage, right? Self-sabotage. And self-sabotage is also kind of a form of fear of success. What would happen if you got up there and you crushed it? Like, what would happen? What would that be like? What would that feel like? We don't know what that would feel like if you, like, absolutely crushed it. Like, if you walked off stage and you were like, I crushed it. We don't know what that feels like because we don't boast about ourselves in that way. We don't even feel comfortable with the reality that I crushed it. So we self-sabotage. And we do this, you know, like all over the place. We do this with weight loss. We do this with dating. I see my friends do this with dating. I'm like, why? Why? Why are you doing the exact replica of the last guy? What are you doing? Right? Because like, what would life look like if I actually dated the nice guy and had a real relationship? I'd actually have to like learn how to be in relationship. I'd have to learn, right? How to be a good partner. And I don't really know how to be a good partner. I know how to whine and bitch about my bad partner, but I don't know how to be in a good partnership because trust me, being in a good partnership is hard. Yeah. So fear of success actually shows up everywhere. We just don't recognize, we don't call it that. We don't call it out. We don't recognize it. I had my first onstage gig booked last summer and I was like, I'm not going to do that thing because I do the same thing with speeches and presentations my whole grade school, college, all of it. Wait till the very last second to like actually put effort into it. I was like, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. And guess what? They canceled. No, they canceled. (laughs) So I have another shot. They ended up delaying the conference. It was like the perfect thing for my audience. It was a teacher conference, which teachers are amazing freelancers. Like they just like really rock at this job. So anyway. I'll keep you posted what happens when that finally happens. But I'm like, I'm going to break that cycle. And I think this podcast will really arm me. So thank you. Well, and here's what to do. Because I did this too recently. I had like three back-to-back speaking engagements in May. And I did it too. And one day I was like, okay, Sally, you're doing the thing. You're procrastinating. It is one of the clear signs that fear is taking over right? That your fear of whatever is taking over. You're procrastinating. So I'm going to need you to take a little extra time to regulate your nervous system, calm down the brain. I know, I know you don't want to. I actually talked to the the bitchy self-saboteur in me. I talked to her. I talk her down. I know you don't want to. I know you think breathing is cheesy. I know. I hear you. Meditation is cheesy. Meditation is sucks. I, I got you. I know, girl. Let's just do it anyway. Let's just do it for fun. Just for the heck of it. Let's just amp up our breathing exercises. Let's just like spend a little extra time in our morning meditation because you need it right now because you're procrastinating. And procrastinating is just a sign that there's something you're afraid of here and you're trying to avoid even dealing with it by procrastinating. And I had to do that to myself for like the four days up to this event where I had to memorize 10 minutes, like memorize you 10 minutes. There's a timer in front of you, like the whole thing. And I had to be like, girl, you're not going to do the thing where you're like, I did my best. Oh, well, because <laughs> I was doing it. I was like, I'll just get up there and do my best. I'm, I'm not a memorizer. It's a story, right? I'm not a memorizer. I'm good on the fly. That's just another story. It's just another story I'm giving my Ras. So I was like, okay, who would you be if you were a memorizer this time? How badass would you be if you were a memorizer? How much greater could it? Yes, you could get up there and kill it because you're good at that and you're good at the fly. Who would you be if you memorized it? How much better would it be? I, it's work, okay? One step one is awareness of this. Step two is the work, which we can't get into. But just know there's work that you can do to calm down your nervous system and go, yep, all the thoughts are going to come up, all the stuff, all the doubts. Like, girl, stop. Go play outside. You have too much to do. Go do the dishes. Go do the laundry. Look at all that laundry. You have stuff to do, right? And just go, yep, mm -hmm. I see you, laundry. 
I see you dishes. I got you. I got you. But I'm going to go practice my speech one more time before I get to you. That's like, like you by my clean. <laughs> I know when you have something you're putting off, you do all the things you never do. But if I, if that can be of help to you, it's nervous system regulation. Awareness is just step one. That's why actually a lot of times therapy doesn't work for people. Cause we're just like aware, 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 come becoming aware, but we don't get tools of how to act and behave differently. A lot of times step two is like, okay, now how do we address this and put something different into action? And there's tons of tools, but that's what I want you to know. Because now that I know that you're prepping for a speech, I'm going to be like, how's that speech going, girl? <laughs> How you doing? Are you doing your nervous system regulation? Yeah. God, I need to do that with my evergreen <laughs> webinar funnel, which I'm also procrastinating. But I know, I know I told myself it didn't work last time. This isn't worth it. You know, like I know I have all the stories. We do not need to unpack that right now, but I am going to channel that and use it when it comes to my funnel. Amazing. <laughs> this is so fun. I always love chatting with you. I'm so glad you came here, shared your story. Will you tell everyone the best way to connect with you and all of that stuff? I think you have a quiz for us, right? I have a quiz which tells you where you're at in business. It's the seven figure growth quiz. And it just kind of tells you based on my pillars where you're really at on the map. So it gives you a sense of what you should probably be looking at and focusing on next. And you can get that on my website, but it's just quiz.celiarias.com. And the easiest place to find me, and you can also find a link to the quiz, is on Instagram, where I am my goofiest self with all of my reels that are currently tanking. So come find me and follow me at I am Don Celia. Don, like as in the Don, D-O-N, Celia, C-E-L-I-A. Okay, perfect. And like like a girl's reel. Like, come on, give some love. I mean, yours are so fun. They're gonna they're gonna take off. I think it's just like the summer slump. But I mean you're you're physically levitating in some of them. I mean, they're wild. Like I am like the goofiest of all business coaches, I feel like. I'm like, come on, Instagram. Come on, Instagram. Well, I have a couple of tricks for you off this podcast. So yeah. I'll, I'll help you. I'll help you out. Amazing. <laughs> I love you, girl. I know. You know the things. You got to tell me the things. I will. Okay. Thanks for being here. You're welcome. If you found this helpful, please screenshot it. Please tag us on Instagram. Go give Sally's reels. Hopefully they're like on the upswing right now. Give, give them some loving. Give her some engagement over there. We don't know what's going on, but I guarantee we'll have figured it out by the time this podcast airs. She is amazing. And I I'm very careful who I recommend. I'm very careful who I spend my money with. I really want it to be real, authentic people. And she's the real deal. I hope this helps you in your business as a freelancer. I hope you start to look at the numbers. I hope you really start to get yourself out of this survival mode and start to create a different reality. Teach your brain to create a different reality. I want you to figure out your Rihanna dream. What is that for you? and focus on the thing you're building that's bigger than yourself. That's how you get over the fear of judgment. That's how you get over, what will they think of me? How is this going to change? This is how you stop protecting yourself and self-sabotaging yourself by not moving forward, by freezing in action, by procrastinating. Heck, I admit it on the show, I even do it too. All right, next week on the show, I have an amazing guest who's going to talk about her VA story how she stands out. She's a very, very well-known name. This podcast has been in the works for a long time. But please come back to this episode for Mindset. When you hear yourself struggling, go back and listen to Mary Ann's about the inner critic, the episode before and the episode before that with Tracy Litt. And I have a few others. I have a few other really good mindset coaches here. Search for Linda Perry. She's talking a lot about boundaries I have a really good episode with Michelle Hunter about confidence and how you talk about your pricing. And I have the best episode with confidence coach Jenna Grosso, who comes into the Unicorn Digital Marketing Assistant School and teaches you application skills that Sully was hinting at to get yourself through those times when you're not feeling so secure and confident, when you're coming from a place of lack and you're scared. Jen speaks in my program and she's amazing, but I'm going to link to all of those episodes here Don't think mindset is silly. It's what'll make or break you.
I believe in you. Now you need to go believe in yourself. Please go give this podcast a five-star review and I will see you next week on the podcast. And go listen to those bloopers after the outro. I bet you didn't know they were even there. If you want to start earning income as a digital marketing service provider or digital marketing assistant, you only need your laptop. You can tap into what online business owners really need help with by downloading my top 10 most requested tasks. These are the services I did for years for my clients behind the scenes. You can take this download and apply it to your own business and start by offering these very same services. If you want to niche down in digital marketing, this is your guide. Just use the link in the show notes or go to emilyreaganpr.com slash services. Um, what are we going to talk about or who am I? And I might be opening a can of worms. Do you have, do you have time right now? Yes. Okay. Open the can of worms. Yes. <laughs> That's my aha moment. Now we have a blooper moment because for some reason, <laughs> my hotel is ringing. Is Please hold. Landline? Is that a landline? Yes. Oh, love you a lot. We'll see you over on Instagram. <laughs> I don't know how to end a podcast. <laughs> and cut. <laughs> You're like, fine. I'll follow yeah. you on Instagram, damn it. <laughs>